Another day in Brooklyn Blackie's tattoo shop, a man came in named Dominic Chance. I had seen Dominic Chance a year or so before in, in a, an amusement park, a small amusement park down the coast from Coney Island. A small amusement park was called Rockaway. And this man was tattooing. They had a carousel there with a little booth. So you bought tickets for the carousel. He was tattooing in this little booth where you bought the tickets. I'd seen him in there. I used to go down there and watch him, always trying to learn all I could. Now here was that man in Blackie's looking for a job. Blackie said, I'm sorry, I got a full house. But, but give me your number. If anything comes available, I'll let you know. One night out drinking with my friends, and everything was territorial in those days. You had your territory, and if you went into somebody else's territory, a fight in a bar was not, not uncommon. When you went out drinking, you knew damn right well you were going to get into a fight. A barroom fight was very, very common. So one night, me and my boys, we go down to this bar that wasn't in our territory, and there was this fellow, my first meeting, with Lou Rubino. Lou Rubino was a tough kid from Brooklyn that had just moved to Queens recently. And he was in the bar with some of his boys. Seems like we both had a crush on the barmaid there. Anyway, we're sitting there, and I get up to go into the phone booth to put one of my cards in the phone. And there was a card in there, tattooed by Lou. And I come out and I said, who is this guy? And the barmaid said, that's him sitting there, right there. So I went over and I, I told him who I was. And he said, oh, you're the guy that's going to work at Blackie's tattoo shop. I said, yeah. He said, sit down, let's talk. He was learning tattooing at the same time I was. And we talked and I learned that he just got out of prison as I did. He was in a different type prison. He was in a place called Danamora. That was a prison for the criminally insane. Anyway, a fight breaks out in this bar, and his boys are fighting my boys, and somebody slammed up into the jukebox, and the jukebox came on real loud. That's Domino singing Blueberry Hill. Never forget that. Another guy comes slamming into the bar in between us, it was one of Lou's friends. We were heavily in conversation, talking tattoos. Lou picked up a beer bottle, hit his left on the head with it, and threw him back into the crowd. That was my first meeting with Lou Rubino. Okay, back to Coney Island. Back in the 50s, the people who got tattooed were tough guys, gangsters, bikers, drunken sailors, girls of the evening. But you didn't find college people getting tattooed. College people would have been afraid to walk into a tattoo place. They were bad places. You had to be tough to be working them. One night while working in Blackie's shop, we got raided by the youth squad. The youth squad come in, checking every 
at his age, looking for miners getting tattooed. Wacky said he took one look at me and the guy I was tattooing and says, uh-oh, he's going to get busted. He says, the guy looked like a kid. He was. But luckily, he was over 16. He wasn't 18, but he was over 16. So I didn't get, get arrested for it. But Blackie said, you got to expect to get arrested for tattooing a minor. He says, all oh, about once every two years. It's just part of the business. Anyway, when I reported to my parole officer the next week, my parole officer said, you, you can't work. You cannot work at Brooklyn's Blackie's tattoo parlor anymore. I said, why? He said, every guy on parole that comes in here has Brooklyn Blackie's card in their wallet, and you're not supposed to associate with these people. I said, but it's keeping me out of trouble. I'm earning a good living. I'm very happy. Please don't tell me I can't work there. He said, I'm sorry. You either quit that job or you go back to prison. I said, okay. So I went to Blackie and told him what happened. Blackie said, oh, that's, that's so too bad. He says, here's what you should do. He said, remember that guy, Chancy, that was in here, tattooed in Rockaway? I said, yes. He said, well, he got booted out of Rockaway. Seen him and his brothers beat up some guys pretty bad, and they booted him out of Rockaway. He said, that's a good spot. He said, go down there, find a place with cheap rent, rent it and tattoo down there, and you'll be fine. I shook Blackie's hand, thanked him very much, packed up my gear, went home with my tail between my legs, told my father, I'm going down to the Rockaway, and I'm going to look for a place. My father said, come on, I'll go with you. And my father, very helpful throughout my career with me, took me down to Rockaway. We couldn't find anything by the amusement park. But about three docks down from the amusement park was what they called Shanty Irish Town. There was three, three big pavilions. A pavilion is a place Oh, a block square. There was three of them, one on each corner. A beer saloon. They had windows that opened up like a shutter. You lifted it out, and it hooked up onto the wall, and it was an open window. Inside was wooden picnic tables and benches, jukeboxes, and huge, huge bars with several bartenders. Pitches of beer was a buck or two. And these Irishmen would be in there on the weekends by the hundreds of thousands, drinking, hitting each other with pitches of beer, throwing each other out these windows. There were three of them on the three corners. And on the fourth corner was a big store for rent. So we inquired how much. I think it was $400 to rent it for the summer. You could have it all year round, but it was only good for the summer. So I rented it. It was a big, huge place. My father said, we'll get some lumber and we'll partition off a small place right inside as you come in, and this will be good, and you can 
where we partition it off on the other side, you can buy a cot and you can sleep in there at night. You won't have to come home very late at night. And I thought that was great. My father lent me the money to rent this store. He also fronted me the money to buy the, the lumber and he partitioned it off, building me a smaller tattoo shop inside this large building. My father said, you're going to get in trouble down here with all this drinking and fighting. He said, I'm going to get your friend Lou Rubino to come down here and make sure you don't get into trouble. I said, okay. Little did my father know that Lou Rubino was worse than I was. He was always fighting. He just got out of prison for the mentally insane. Anyway, a weekend came up, and my father drove me and Lou down to Rockaway, where we set up our little equipment. And Lou sat in the doorway like Paul used to do at Blackie's, put his foot up. He was going to keep law in order, and I was going to do the tattooing. And, and everything was going fine until Saturday morning. Three big drunken Irishmen come along. And they kicked Louis' foot down and said, what the fuck are you doing? Louis says, I'm the bouncer. And they said, let me see you bounce. And proceeded to hit Louis. I come around from where I was, and I started fighting with Louis. Between us, we got the best of these three drunken Irishmen and ran them off down the street. Louis says, tomorrow, I'll be the tattooer, and you'll be the bouncer. And then we laughed. Anyway, we worked together Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we were doing good. All we were saying is, next, who's next, who's next? Tattoos were cheap, $3, $5, $6, $7. And we were just making in the money. When my father and mother came down Sunday afternoon, they were standing out in front of the shop where there was a large crowd of people just watching through the window. People were fascinated with the tattooing then. And my mother said, Eddie, you have to stop this tattooing. You should hear what the people are saying outside. And the people are, you're tattooing them and they're bleeding right in the window. This isn't good. And my father said, how you doing? I said, here's the money you lent me to, to get this place open. And I handed him his five, six hundred dollars, whatever it was that I, he had fronted me. And I said, and here's some extra money. Take that home and keep it, keep it for me. He said, you're doing good. Just keep on doing what you're doing. So my career was started. In that little shop in Rockaway, the police didn't want us there because of this guy, Chancy, from the year before. It seemed that Chancy and his brothers beat a couple of these drunken Irishmen with hammers, put them in the hospital, almost killed them, and the police didn't want a tattoo, tattoo shop down there in Rockaway anymore. So the police came in and said, we're giving you a summons, but you're blocking the sidewalk outside. And I said, that's the people out there. I ain't blocking the sidewalk. They said, well, if you put something across the window, so I said, okay, they gave me the summons. Me and Louie bought some paint, 
and we painted the window black. We weren't finished painting the window black when the police come back in and gave me a summons for having the window painted black. They couldn't see inside. The law said they have to be able to see inside. Anyway, in the next couple of weeks, I got all, let's say, a dozen summonses by the police department for disturbing the peace. All minor little shit, but I had to go to court for it. On my next visit with my parole officer, he informed me that he knew all about it, that the police just didn't want a tattoo shop there in Rockaway anymore because of what Nick, because of what Dominic Chance and his brothers had done previous year. I said, Jesus Christ, how I worried about if I'd ever just get to be a tattoo man with, with this parole, with going to prison, with can't work in Brooklyn Blackie's shop, can't have my own shop in Rockaway. Very discouraging. However, the short time we were there in Rockaway, me and Lou had a great time. We would put a sign on the window. Back in 20 minutes, went to buy bright colors, and off we would go to eat some clams on a half shell, some hot dogs, have a few beers in these big Irish pavilions, jump into the fight now and then, just having a good old time. Me and Lou have remained friends. It's almost 50 years. We're still good friends. Lou is now the owner of Technical Tattoo Supply. But me and Lou used to take little side trips. We went to visit a tattooer who called himself Sailor Out. A big Mexican guy who tattooed in downtown Brooklyn. He moved there from the Bowery where they used to be. Just tattoo shop after tattoo shop. We also went to visit a man over in, in Newark, New Jersey called Dutchie. A little guy had a tattoo shop in the back of a barber shop. Seemed in the back of the barber shop, the rents were right. You didn't have any rent. You paid the barber on a commission. If you didn't have no customers, you didn't have to pay no rent. For me and Lou, we had a good time in Rockaway while it lasted. Finally, I had to close the shop up because of my parole officer. So I put a sign in the window, a tattoo, call this number, and put my father's number at home. <coughs> and I'd get a few customers calling up and taking the ride over to Long Island and get tattooed and make a few dollars. One, one day, a girl called up, wanted to know if I could put a beauty mark on her face. I said, yes, yeah, sure. So she came, she came to my house and she came into my bedroom where I had my little gear set up and she showed me where she wanted it and I told her to take her beauty mark pencil and put the spot right where she wanted it and I would do it. She wanted it in brown, not in black. She said that she'd been putting that beauty mark there for some time and her boyfriend and her were getting married soon and she didn't want him to know that it wasn't real. So I put the beauty mark, I showed her a mirror, she said, could you make it a little bigger? I said, well, you don't want to make it too big. So I, I obliged her. And she said, what do I owe you? I said, give me five dollars. And I thought that was a lot. But she ended up handing me a hundred dollar bill. She said, thank you, 
this is very important to me, you're a lifesaver. And off she went. When I went outside to tell my father what just happened, he said, you got a hundred dollars, you wasn't in here, you got ten minutes. I said, I know. 